our next speaker is no stranger to us, uh, Miles Bagley. Uh, he's the business manager at Salvation Army, and he's going to share, you know, what goes on there. He shared during the ABF, and uh, it was pretty enlightening because there's a lot of things going on there that I wasn't aware of, that's for sure. And uh, I was thinking uh, of getting, uh, giving uh, Miles a, a hand of encouragement, you know, and then I got to be thinking, you know, things change over a period of time. Of course, for, for me, maybe it's 60 years or so. But I remember my dad had a hand of encouragement for me for, uh, you know, uh, changing my uh, behavior. That's, that's not the kind of hand of encouragement that I have in mind for Miles. Uh, but if we could just give uh, Miles a hand of encouragement... My dad already gave me that encouragement. <laughs> Hi, how are you? It's good to be here this morning. Uh, I was so excited to be here this morning. Also so excited when I saw snow when I woke up. Because snow means basketball. And so I was excited. And, uh, and then I got out to my car and had to scrape my windows and got a lot less excited uh, I am here this morning to represent Salvation Army and to give you a little picture of what we're doing. Uh, I am the business manager there. Uh, I'm not a full-time missionary with the Salvation Army. Uh, I am a full-time missionary uh, because I spend a lot of my time sharing God's Word, but uh, the Salvation Army is uh, led by Captain Doug and Kim Winters. A lot of you have met them. Uh, they are incredible people and very uh, mission-focused and ministry-minded, and I appreciate that very much about them, two people I very much respect. Uh, but I am grateful that they uh, allowed me to come and speak to you today because I, I like any, any chance to come. Uh, I did bring notes. I don't normally do notes, but when Dave asked me if I would come and speak, uh, I was uh, excited to do that, but I wondered a little bit how, how I would present the Salvation Army. I haven't been there very long. It's been about two years since I worked there. Uh, I wondered what, what I should present, but at the time that he asked me, we were involved in uh, some relief effort uh, for folks that were displaced from the Pine Ridge apartment fire. Uh, the Red Cross uh, set up a shelter, and they were housing them, and we were involved in feeding them uh, three meals a day. And that process lasted about a month and a half. It was uh, quite an ordeal for a lot of those people. Uh, as I was doing that, we were involved in conversations with a lot of people through that process that we normally aren't involved with uh, or, or talking to. Uh, and one of the things that came up in, in all of those conversations was that a lot of people just don't even know what the Salvation Army does. And so that's what I'm going to do this morning is just give you a little picture of the world of Salvation Army. Uh, when I started working there, I had no idea uh, what exactly they did either. I, was, um, I have been and continue to be blown away by all that they do. Um, my role there, I'm the business manager. Um, I mentioned this morning in the ABF, I, I've been there two years, and this year they let me write my own job description. <laughs> and part of the requirement of writing your job description is you have to add the tagline at the end, which I'm sure is a lot of, on a lot of job descriptions, other duties as assigned. <laughs> that really is the job description. Uh, there's a lot of other things on there, but that's most of what I do. Uh, the Salvation Army is pulled in a thousand different directions every day, and I get to be a part of most of those. Uh, the Salvation Army, um, so that you know, identifies itself first and foremost as a church. Uh, the Salvation Army is a church. It operates as a church. It does a lot of the same things your church does. Uh, just down the street right now, they're holding their Sunday service. Uh, Captain Winters, uh, both of them are Captain is another name for pastor, and so they pastor that congregation there. And they are holding church services. They have Sunday school classes. They have a Tuesday Bible study where I 
attend when I can, uh, when it's not basketball season, and play cribbage afterwards, which I didn't know how to play cribbage until they taught me. I still don't know if I know how, because they're, they're the ones that taught me. So <clears throat> I, I know I lose a lot. So <laughs> uh, They have a number of men's and women's activities, and uh, they're doing a lot of the same things that, that are done in any other church. Um, there are youth programs there, both there uh, here in Marquette and in Ishpeming. Uh, there are youth and children's programs going on uh, in Ishpeming often. Uh, they use music and other activities as an avenue to share the gospel with young people. Uh, I just heard this morning somebody came up and, and mentioned that they were saved as a young person uh, at the Salvation Army in the Sioux. And uh, that is uh, a main goal of the Salvation Army is to spread the gospel. And uh, so they do that in a variety of ways. So the Salvation Army is a church. It, it, their motto or their tagline says this, the Salvation Army is an international movement, an evangelical part of the universal Christian church. Its message is based on the Bible. Its ministry is motiva- motivated by the love of God. Uh, and to be honest with you this morning, to tell you all that the Salvation Army does, I, I couldn't do this morning. Uh, the breadth and the scope of what they do is breathtaking uh, in the world. There, I, I wrote on my notes that they're in over 100 countries. Uh, Captain Kim let me know this morning it's actually 131 countries they're in, uh, trying to spread the gospel and meeting uh, human needs. Uh, that is the core of what they do, and it is what drives everything else that they do, but that is by far not all that they do. Additionally, the Salvation Army has uh, what they refer to as their core or community centers. Uh, we have a community center here in Marquette. We have one in Ishpeming, uh, where we are involved in a lot of social services. Um, the building here in Marquette serves people of K.I. Sawyer, Gwyn, Harvey, uh, the Marquette area, and Munising. Uh, we are, uh, there is no Salvation Army presence in Alger County, and so we do serve uh, people in, those, in that county as well. Uh, additionally, our building in Ishpeming serves the communities of Nagani and Ishpeming, and then all the smaller communities headed towards Barriga, and we also serve as Barriga County. Uh, it is a big deal. <laughs> We do that with a very small staff. I work there as the business manager. I also manage the family store that's over there uh, here in Marquette. Uh, we have a caseworker uh, here in, in Marquette, Jamie, and she does a lot of our uh, client-facing social services. Uh, we have another caseworker in Ishpeming named Liz, and she, she has been there a long time and, and has an incredible uh, influence in Ishpeming uh, through all the services that she offers there. Uh, we have, as I mentioned already, uh, a youth worker who works primarily in Ishpeming but uh, is doing youth programming both here in Marquette and in Ishpeming uh, for elementary age kids, for teenagers, uh, and for college uh, age young people. Uh, so there's a lot going on uh, with them. There's, we have a, a maintenance uh, man who, who takes care of our buildings both here in Marquette and in Ishpeming. Uh, we have a part-time cook uh, and a small staff of four over in the family store and then the captains. Uh, so in addition to the uh, church activities, our social services include uh, one of our primary goals. The Salvation Army tends to not want to duplicate services. So if there's somebody else in town doing something already. They don't want to do the same thing. Uh, so they try and focus on what they can do to really help. Uh, in Marquette, in the Marquette area, uh, food insecurity is one of our main uh, places that we, we spend our time. For that reason, we have a client choice food pantry uh, that is open five days a week. Uh, it offers uh, once a month uh, food to uh, people within a certain income level uh, or, or a specific need. And uh, 
Clients are able to come in. Uh, they sign up for, to use the food pantry. They're able to come in once a month and walk through the food pantry and uh, choose the items that they would need. Uh, I, it, it gives them some sense of uh, dignity to just be able to choose their own stuff rather than just to take home a box filled with things that they may or may not need. Uh, and it also gives us the, the fact that it's a client choice pantry allows us time to talk with them. And that's maybe more important than, than any of it is the, the opportunity to interface with, with the people in the pantry as we're taking them through to hear what's going on in their lives and to be able to address uh, needs beyond food. Uh, <clears throat> in addition to our food pantry, uh, we have a community lunch every day. Uh, Monday through Friday from 12 to 12.45, we serve a community lunch, uh, and we get a variety of folks in there. Uh, we get people who are uh, in need of food and hungry and uh, maybe homeless, and, and they come in and just enjoy a warm meal. We get a lot of seniors in who enjoy the meal and conversation. Uh, we get a lot of people, uh, students, who come because it's a warm meal, uh, something that they don't have to cook themselves. That's why I eat there. Uh, we get um, a number of people who come in just to interface with those people. There's uh, folks in this church I know that uh, show up there often just to, to sit down and talk with, with some of the people who are in our lunchroom uh, during the lunch hour. Um, in addition to that, uh, there are a number of places in town here who offer uh, us food in donation, and we uh, like baked goods and day-old bread uh, from a lot of the grocery stores in town. Meyer takes good care of us uh, as far as bakery items are concerned, and anyone in the community is able to come in uh, five days a week uh, and choose uh, things that they may need from there. Um, so in, in addition to those, uh, we have things like uh, our caseworkers run programs uh, called the Pathway of Hope. Uh, a lot of the people that come to us are in need, and often uh, that is a continuous need. And the Pathway of Hope program uh, offers them the ability to learn some life skills uh, that help them to maybe get out of the uh, current situation they're in and uh, find some hope for the future and a better better situation in life, and so we uh, offer that to our pantry clients, and often they will uh, take us up on that and learn some budgeting skills, and, and uh, there's a lot that goes on, and we, Jamie uh, is often out of the office to teach people to do laundry. She works with people to teach them how to cook. Uh, there's lots of things that are going on in those situations, and all of that is uh, time where she gets to spend uh, hearing the needs that they have and addressing those needs as well as their spiritual needs. Um, as, we, as we talk with uh, people in the community, they often view us, uh, if they don't know a lot about us, they assume that we're in competition with a lot of the other organizations in town. And the, the reality is that Again, because the Salvation Army does not want to duplicate services, we really just work with uh, all the other organizations in town to do uh, a variety of things. So we are involved in uh, working with CAM and Habitat for Humanity to find safe and affordable housing for clients. Uh, we work with Great Lakes Recovery, the Women's Center, local law enforcement, as well as our own walk-in clients to provide basic necessities like clothing and small appliances and furniture. Uh, when a life change leaves them in need of those things. Uh, we work with Feeding America uh, to provide food for people. There's a number of places in town and near here. That's a long hair. That's not mine. <laughs> uh, that are offering Feeding America distributions during the year. Uh, but during the winter, a lot of those places aren't able to because they do that outside. Uh, so a couple times during the winter, we have been able to uh, clear out my family store and do Feeding America distribution in there where it's warm. Uh, and so we're, we're involved with, with meeting uh, food needs that way. Uh, we run a program called Cat Packs, uh, which is a weekend backpack program uh, run uh, through in cooperation with Northern Michigan University. I say in cooperation with, but really I just uh, go to a couple of their meetings and they do all the rest of the work. Uh, but that's a backpack program for the students of 
uh, North Star Academy. Uh, so we work with, with cat packs to provide that. Every Wednesday they pack about 70 backpacks for kids uh, so that they have food over the weekend. Uh, we work in times of disaster like local fires uh, or uh, in the Houghton flood. Um, we assist in food uh, providing food and, and whatever else we can at those times. Uh, the Pine Ridge uh, fire was an opportunity for an extended period of time for us to continue to, to provide food needs. Uh, a lot of basic necessities that they had lost, uh, they were able to get from our family store uh, on our voucher program. Uh, there is, uh, we work with Red Cross during those times as they generally provide uh, housing and, and work on getting them into other housing, uh, working with CAM and, and Habitat and other, others. Uh, but we're able to work with them on, on those things. Um, often uh, when there's a smaller fire, house fire, or, or some uh, road collapses, uh, things like that, um, we're able to send out, we have a mobile uh, food truck that goes out and can provide uh, food to the emergency workers. Uh, during the holiday season, most of you know uh, about our bell ringers uh, standing at the kettles in front of the businesses that you go to, uh, ringing the bells and asking for donations. Uh, we, so we, that is a big part of uh, how we fund what we do. Uh, another big part is the family store that I run. Um, but in addition, during the holidays, it's a very busy season for us, not just in terms of fundraising, but there's a lot else going on. We, we have a Christmas toy shop uh, where uh, parents are able to come and walk through the toy shop and pick up toys to provide gifts for their kids for Christmas if they would not otherwise be able to do that. We also have an Adopt-A-Family program for Christmas where, where local people or businesses can... Uh, adopt a family and get their Christmas list and provide those things for them. That is, uh, when those families come to pick those up, that is one of the greatest things on earth <laughs> to see how excited they are uh, when they could not have been able to uh, uh, provide Christmas for their kids, uh, to be able to come and get gifts that somebody has uh, purchased specifically for them. It is uh, just an awesome thing. Um, we host a Christmas dinner uh, similar to the um, UP Bible Camp uh, when they do their Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, the Rotary Club puts on a Christmas dinner at, uh, at our building and uh, people in need or people just uh, needing company can come and, and eat Christmas dinner. Um, the, speaking of UP Bible Camp, but, uh, this job gives me opportunity to go out there and I'll have to say... Uh, Susie makes the best food, and <laughs> I volunteer out there often, and really only just so I can eat food. Um, Bethel has been a supporter of the Salvation Army for a number of years uh, as a church. Additionally, there are a number of uh, groups within your church that have supported us in a variety of ways, uh, whether it's the prime timers uh, or individual members that have given time or food or money uh, to support us in overwhelmingly generous ways. Uh, as a charitable organization, the Salvation Army depends on monetary donations and what we call gifts in kind, things like food and other uh, material things that are donated. Uh, we are also uh, always in need of volunteer hours. It's, it's one thing to have money, but if you don't have the people to help <laughs> get that money to the people that need it, uh, it doesn't seem to matter much, and so we have an incredible amount of volunteer need. We also have, from even just this Bethel family, an incredible number of volunteer hours that are given every year. Um, often people stop by and uh, because I am the one who accepts most of the donations that come in. I often get to hear the stories of people who who were in need in some way, and the Salvation Army was able to help them with that need, and it got them back on their feet, and so they wanted to give back. Um, but just as often, I, I meet people who have uh, come in and, and shared a story of how the Salvation Army has helped them, but 
they don't have the finances to be able to donate, uh, and they want to know how else they can help us. Um, and when Dave called and asked if I would share here, he told me not to preach, uh, but I'm going to. It, <clears throat> in Acts chapter 3, uh, we find the apostles Peter and John, and they're, they're headed to a prayer meeting. And as they're headed to the prayer meeting, there's a, a local disabled um, man who's living in abject poverty who is brought every day to the temple gate. Uh, and as Peter and, and John are approaching the gate, the disabled man asks them for money. Uh, he's not able to make his own money, and so he asks, uh, as he does most of the people who walk by there, for money. And as Peter and John listened to him and stopped, Peter looked at the man And the man looked back up at him, expecting that Peter was going to give him the money that he had asked for. And Peter's words to him were this, I don't have silver or gold, but what I have, I will give to you. Peter then told the disabled man to get up and walk. And what an amazing miracle happened there. Uh, Peter and John weren't able to deal with the man's request in the way that he had anticipated, but They were able to take the gifts that God had given them and use those in a way that blessed him beyond anything he could have asked or imagined. Uh, As you listen this morning to all of the things going on that God is doing with with Matt and Sarah, with Don and Susie, with Dave and and Sue, there's so much that that there is going on and, and there's so much that you could be involved in. And the question isn't always of, how can I help with money? But there's often a variety of ways you could help, like the apostles did. If you don't have money, take what God has gifted you, what he's given you, the, the things that you have that you can do, uh, and apply those to those same ministries. Um, many of you sitting here have been doing that in incredible ways for the Salvation Army. There are those of you in this church, members of this church, who currently sit on our board, who sort clothing donations in my store, who sort hard good donations in our receiving area, uh, sort food in our pantry. Some bless us by serving in the community lunch, uh, in our mobile emergency disaster vehicle, working with our toy shop to lead parents through, giving out food during Feeding America distributions, adopting families for Christmas, gathering food from your church family for our pantry, putting on a Thanksgiving meal and raising money for us, organizing activities with the youth to raise money for us, ringing bells at our kettles, giving us your older used clothing, household goods, furniture, or metal for recycling. There are so many here at Bethel who have been involved, just like the apostles, in just saying, you know, I don't have money, but here's what I do have. And they join us in the ministry that we're involved in, and because of that, we're in this together. Maybe as you're sitting here and you're hearing what Matt and Sarah are doing and what Don and Susie are doing and what Dave's doing you're, and what, what the Salvation Army is doing, you're, you're saying, how can I help? What can I do? And it's as simple as that. Look at, look at what God has given you. The things that he's blessed you with doesn't have to be money. And look at how you might be able to join us in ministry uh, to be able to reach out to the people of this community and others uh, because in doing that, you'll be able to bless them in ways beyond what they could have imagined. The people that are truly helped by the ministry of the Salvation Army love to tell us their story. They love to tell us how they've been helped. There's a, a young lady who was in just the other day. Uh, she was buying some, some furniture from our thrift store. She remembers a time when she was in desperate need and needing our food pantry and a variety of our other services, our utility assistance uh, services and other things. And she is about to graduate from Northern with a degree in nursing and is so excited that she's in a position where now she can provide for her family. And she's so thankful for the ministry of the Salvation Army Uh, that helped her to get there. And the reality is 
that ministry wouldn't be possible without people like you. And it's not just what we're, I or the captains are doing over there, but you guys join us in all of that. If there are ways that you're thinking of that you could be useful to us, please fill out that orange, maybe it's yellow, piece of paper uh, with your information because we would love to, to get in contact with you. And if you're not sure how you could be used, contact me anyway. I can help you find your gifts. Thank you very much. Okay, our next speaker, again, most of us are familiar with Dave and Sue Michaels. Uh, my wife and I had the privilege of going to Northern uh, this past Thursday night. Uh, Dave and crew put on a special uh, campus program, and uh, Ailey was there to give her uh, inspirational life story, and Dave uh, presented the gospel using an object lesson that was very informative, and uh, so they really doing some really exciting things on campus, and Dave's got to come now and tell us about other exciting things they're doing. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. I usually come um, and share with you about the ministry of crew. 30 years ago, my wife Susan and I are two young boys travel to Marquette for the first time. And we've had the privilege of working with college students through the ministry of crew uh, for all 30 of those years, except for a year in Russia, but that's another story. <clears throat> we describe crew as a caring community, passionate about connecting people to Jesus Christ. Crew is active uh, at NMU and Michigan Tech, but our hope and our prayer is that God would be at work in the lives of each and every college student in the UP so that they would hear the message of knowing Christ. There are eight campuses and universities here in the UP, 10 or 11 locations. Uh, it's my silly map that I made. Um, we use uh, three words to describe our DNA of crew, win, Build and send. Win students to Christ, build them in their faith, and then send them into the world as world changers. There's a couple of scriptures that come to mind uh, that we often look at and reflect on. These are familiar verses from the Bible. Matthew 28, and Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The uh, Greek is very specific in this verse. The uh, key verse, the key word here is to go, is to make disciples. And the uh, participles, the helping parts of this are go, uh, teach and baptize. And so we believe very strongly that God's called us to make disciples. So to make disciples, you have to lead people to Christ, and you have to work with them personally, and then you have to send them. So there's a lot in this verse. 2 Timothy 2.2 is also a familiar verse. talks about those same things, the things that you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses. These entrust to faithful men, will be able to teach others also. We believe strongly that God's called us to pour in the lives of students who will be able to pour in the lives of other students who will be able to pour in the lives of other students. So we feel strongly that discipleship is something uh, that we need to do. College students are typically around for just four years or five or six, unless they have struggles, and then maybe longer. Some change their major, often. We could talk about specifics, but we won't. And as a result, some of them are around a little bit longer, but we don't have them for very long. Imagine if this church had everyone in leadership graduate every four years and leave and go to another, country, another place. Imagine what would happen here. Uh, it would be a challenge. 
to have all of your leaders gone. Well, that's the world that we live in and crew, and we're constantly trusting God that God would raise up new people. And then one of my favorite verses is in Colossians chapter 1. Paul is sharing with us his ministry philosophy, and uh, it is a fascinating verse. And we proclaim him admonishing every man, teaching every man or woman, you can just add that, with all wisdom so that we may present every man and woman complete in Christ. For this purpose I labor, striving according to his power which mightily works within me. This word proclaim is to act as a herald, to publicly speak. And we believe God's called us to publicly speak about Jesus Christ. And uh, that's a challenge when you're talking about a college campus. But not only preach, but we're to admonish and to teach and present people complete in Christ. And so that process of discipling and mentoring and coaching students is just that. It's a process, and we believe strongly that God's called us to be involved in that. So we want to be about the Father's business of proclaiming Christ, building students into their, in their faith, sending them to the world, and doing it in the power of the Spirit, win, build, send. So how do we do that? Well, God has graciously raised up a team of people. Uh, I function as the team leader um, of our team, but there are seven of us this year. Uh, Susan and myself uh, have been here forever. Can you say the word forever? Uh, Michelle Baumgartner is part of our team. Is Mish here? Right back there. Michelle, would you stand for us so we can look at you? Michelle was a uh, college student at Northern and then joined our team. Uh, we also have a young couple, the O'Connors. Jared and Allison, you're going to stand for us now. Thank you. Thank you. Doing group participation here. Uh, Jared's dad is a volunteer at Michigan Tech and has volunteered for 24 years with crew. He works full-time and uh, he volunteers like 15 hours and doesn't really sleep, I don't think. But uh, Jared and Allison have joined our team. They have three little kids. Um, Allison is one of those wonder moms. She does everything, and Jared is just fantastic working with students. And then, as you can see in the picture, if you can, we have two others that are uh, there. Matt Plant is a new staff guy that is working with us, and Caitlin Erickson um, graduated this past year from Finlandia, and she's interning with us. Uh, so we got a great team. There's also students that come here that are involved with crew. And uh, if you're involved with crew as a student, could you stand up? Please, now. Cool. Yes, come on. Okay, good. You guys can sit down. Oh, that was very difficult. Okay, and um, there might be some student, former students that were involved with crew at some point, at some point in their life. Could you stand up if you were ever involved in crew? Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, there's another group I could have stand, but I won't, and that's people that have financially given and prayed for uh, the people of crew, both here locally and around the world, and I'm very thankful for what you have done along those lines. Actually, I could have all of us stand, but I won't, because you as a church support what we do in crew, both for Susan and myself and also the local ministry. So um, you support us extensively, so, so thank you. Um, we appreciate that. Okay, what's next? Oh, we, we see, I don't really, I'm not very good at these clicker things. So we're active uh, primarily at Michigan Tech and Northern. We've done a number of things at other campuses around the UP, but at the at the moment, we're active at those campuses. Uh, we meet weekly, among other things, um, in classrooms. This is at uh, Michigan Tech. Um, at Northern, we meet on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Well, actually, it's 8.08. Um, it's clever, apparently. Um, in Jamrit's 13, 13.20. And uh, then we have an after activity after that that starts at about 9.45. Uh, anybody interested in joining us for the after activity? It's pretty exciting. So we focus on winning. Uh, we start seek to start spiritual conversations. There's Ailey. 
Thank you, Ely, for being here. Um, we use something called Solarium, which is a deck of, of 50 cards that we use to start spiritual conversations. You slide them out on a table and start asking questions, and just a really fantastic way to have spiritual conversations. Um, we've also done a dinner line survey. I don't know if you can read this, but we asked some questions. We did this in the outside of the Northern Lights dining area. We had 535 students. Um, first question is, I consider myself to be, and the first answer was atheist agnostic. This year, there was uh, 21% of the students check that box. So um, I don't think that would have been true uh, 10 years ago. So the student culture is changing, but students are still interested in coming to know Christ. Just this past week, Allison and Caitlin met a young lady named Juliana, and uh, among other things, Juliana said to them, I, wanted, I knew I wanted God, and I was searching for him, but I didn't know how to find him. And then they had the privilege of sharing Christ with her, and she accepted Christ. How exciting is that? Uh, this fall, we've seen, we, the whole team, I, I'm not the evangelist in our group. We have two other evangelists in our group. Um, six or seven people trust Christ. So it's very, <clears throat> very exciting to see what God is doing in the lives of people. Um, we've done a number of other things. This was our little poster for uh, Why Are Christians So Lame? Uh, the reason Christians are lame is because everyone's lame. Turn to your neighbor and tell them that they're lame. Okay, that was part of what we did Thursday. Um, and what an exciting thing. We also have uh, something called um, Grill a Christian, which uh, Jared's heading up. We're going to serve grilled cheese sandwiches, hopefully, and uh, get students to ask questions, and then we're going to have a panel discussion. So we're uh, pretty excited about the possibilities. You can pray that God would work out the details um, on that. This uh, fall, we're trying something new with our team. Each member of our team is trying to eat one meal a week in the Northern Lights dining facility. And the goal is to start spiritual conversations in there and see if we can transition those conversations into the gospel. It's a bunch of money, but I think it's really well spent. Uh, one other thing that... Um, Here's, some, here's a classroom participation. Uh, we have a little card that we pass out called everystudent.com. There's one in every pocket, not every pocket. There's pockets of them in every row. So I need a volunteer from every row to get them out and pass them out to everybody here. Okay? I need everybody to have one. Okay? Why would you use this? Well, because this is a pretty cool website. Uh, if you haven't gone there yourself, maybe you should go first and maybe read something. There's articles and there's illustrations about what does it mean to know Christ and questions that people have about relationships, about God, about the scripture, about all sorts of different things. So here's your assignment. Take this home with you and find a student, okay? Junior high, high school, college, some form of a student somewhere and uh, hand this to them. If you go on the website yourself first, then you could point them to a specific article that you think that they would like to have. So winning. We also do building. Our goal is to mentor and to resource and to coach students. Discipleship. This happens one-on-one. -on -one. It happens in groups. Staff discipling others. Students discipling other students. That's the process. The Second Timothy 2.2, the things you have heard, pass on, who will be able to pass on. That's part of what we're doing. Uh, the bottom picture is something new we're doing this year called community groups. These are uh, groups that are meeting once a week. They're led by students. We have some of those uh, community group leaders with us. I could embarrass them, but I won't because I've already done that so far. Um, they lead a time of community building, time in the Word, time in prayer, 
and uh, building up other leaders. So it's pretty exciting. We've seen some great things uh, take place there. Uh, we also do some things with, uh, in the area of leadership development. Uh, two or three times a semester, we have something we call Crew Leaders Connect. We meet on a Friday night from 6 to 9 p.m. We eat a meal together. We ask questions. We have a devotional. We have a team-building activity, and we pray together. I wish you could see the uh, 17 or 18 students trying to sit around my dining room table uh, eating a meal together. Um, that's pretty exciting. Uh, we also have round tables. Uh, this is a time for us to kind of process what's happened and what's going to happen. You notice the young lady bought the fireplace. What is she doing there? How did she sneak in? Eleanor, thank you, Cliff, for being so generous with your place for us. Uh, we also host a fall and a spring retreat. We've done these most often at Lake Ellen Camp. Um, where we have students from all the campuses uh, join us, have a speaker, um, and God does some great things in the lives of students. One of the fun things there is we have new students um, who have probably never led a small group lead our discussion groups, and they're led with a more mature student. So if things falter, there's somebody there that can kind of help them. Um, anyhow, it's kind of a fun thing. We also have students organize uh, men's and women's retreats. Uh, actually, those are coming up uh, this weekend. Uh, we also have, oh, lastly, we talk about sending. So winning, building, sending. Uh, this is a way that we get students to go from where we are here at, in the UP and go other places. Uh, we have a winter conference in Indianapolis where we send people. We host spring break trips. Um, we have sent students to Florida. Um, that is an alligator in Marshall's hand. Apparently, that was, had to happen. As soon as we found out about it, that, like, had to happen. Uh, if you're thinking about something to do in March, the first week of March, we're looking for some people to join the students and go to Florida. So take a week off, spend 10 days, drive to Florida and back. It's not, I mean, that can't be hard, right? And then just hang with college students for like 10 days. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, but it's warm down there, and we get to start spiritual conversations. So hopefully we're going to have uh, some trips to Florida. Uh, and then we also have had the last three years running a trip to Guatemala. We're planning on going again this year. Um, Susan and I hope to go for two weeks, the first week with students from northern Michigan and the second week with uh, students from Michigan Tech. We're going to use Filters of Hope. Uh, maybe you've seen this, maybe you haven't. Um, in many rural places, they don't have clean water, and so we bring a uh, $40 filter with us, and uh, we get a bucket there, and you drill a hole in the bucket, and you put the filter in, and you teach them how to filter water. And... Um, you take dirty water, and then you filter it out, and you put it in a clear plastic cup, and then the gringo, the American, drinks it first. And their eyes are like, no way. If they drank it, I'm sure I can drink it, because that's clean water. And then you say, just like this is filthy, you and I are filthy in relationship to God, and you need a filter to clean out your sin. And that filter is Jesus Christ. So we get to do that. Now the trick in Guatemala, where we've been going, is their language is quiche. I think most of our language is English. So how do you go from English to quiche? Sometimes you have to go from English to Spanish to quiche. What could go wrong there? What could go wrong? So maybe you'd like to join us um, on our trip there. And then uh, we also um, send students on summer missions, and um, those are uh, asking students to spend some of their, some of their summer um, on a summer mission trip uh, where they learn how to share their faith, disciple other people, 
tell our story, those sorts of things, and we see lives uh, dramatically changed. Um, one, uh, two, two last things about an international trip. Uh, first, I strongly believe every believer in Jesus Christ should go on an international mission trip. If you're going to do that, you need to do what I call a Holly Glover. Now, I don't know if you know what a Holly Glover is, but let me tell you. This is Holly Glover right up here. If you need to know what a Holly Glover is, she decided to get her passport before she knew where she was going on a mission trip. So she had her passport, and so whenever this was, three years ago, when she had ten less than ten days, eight days to decide that she was going to go on a mission trip to Guatemala, she said, look, I got my passport. No problem. Just get me the ticket. We're in. So everybody should do a Holly Glover, okay? Get your passport. Where was I? Somewhere. How, are, uh, how different are students today? Yeah, students today are different than they were just a few years ago. Uh, they're very tech-savvy. Uh, they're always on their phone. You walk on campus and you will notice that they just have their phone with them all the time. The dormitories are locked 24-7, so it's a little more challenging for us to get connected with them. Um, they don't answer their phone. I don't know if you know this, but they don't answer their phone. And if you text them, they'll think about replying. So that's part of the, the world uh, that we live in. Uh, anxiety and mental health issues are big deals today with students, and so um, there's some things that are different um, about that as well. But they're looking for and seeking after, seeking for their master, their mate, and their mission. So we get the opportunity to be engaged with them about that. So we also do a couple fun things. We have a bond, couple bonfires at the beginning of the year. Uh, we went on a canoe trip. We borrowed some of your canoes. Um, uh, what else do we do? Uh, sometimes we do uh, game nights. Um, there's hiking Sugarloaf at night in the winter in sandals. Okay? Again, what could go wrong there? So how can you help us? Uh, join us on a spring break trip. How exciting would that be? You'd have just a fantastic time. Uh, you could help us discipling a student. Uh, you might say, how do I do that? Well, I already talked to somebody here about how they could possibly learn how to disciple stuff. We got all sorts of information. You could be praying for us. We'd love for you to do that. You could join a ministry partnership team by giving and praying to a crew staff member. Uh, there's a number that come here. Uh, every crew staff member all across the world is responsible to trust God to develop their own financial and prayer ministry partnership team to cover the cost of their ministry. So you can imagine how many dollars that takes. It's significant, uh, but God does things um, miraculously for us. How are we doing for time? Oh, yeah, get done here. This is the family minus Josh. Apparently, he didn't think it was important to come and be with us. No, that's not true. Um, so we, the two blonde uh, boys are, live here in Marquette. Nate and Katie uh, live in Marquette, and uh, Nate is actually working for the census this year. Um, Otto is the oldest, and then Asa uh, is just a great little boy, loves to wave hello and goodbye, and hug when you have to leave. That's kind of fun. Uh, Susan is actually at uh, Aaron. Aaron is right next, to, his head is next to me. He's the Latino um, little boy, and uh, his uh, fourth birthday was yesterday. They had a Paw Patrol birthday party. If you know anything about Paw Patrol, it's, it's the thing, apparently. And then the little, uh, the youngest is uh, Sophia, the little granddaughter. So um, that's that's the family. Uh, this is what snow is like. Sometimes people don't know where we live or what we do, and got to show them a snow picture. This was Staff Fun Day. 
We haven't done this with the family yet, so I don't, I don't know. That could be a little bit risky. Could be. And uh, 41 years ago, Susan and I started. She was out of college. She looks like she uh, is in junior high. Um, and we've had the privilege of working for almost 42 years uh, with crew. And uh, this church has been a great part of uh, making all that happen. So we appreciate you. Thank you uh, for all that you've done. Uh, thank you for making the ministries of crew happen here in the UP. Thank you for praying. Thank you for giving. Thank you for joining. Thanks for going. We really appreciate you as a church and also many of you as individuals. I'll end with a couple prayer requests and then maybe I'll pray. Uh, would you praise God for the work that he's doing in the lives of students? Would you pray that we continue to have great gospel conversations? Would you pray that we would follow up some of these new believers? Some are already meeting with us, which is really fun. You can pray that we would uh, disciple and mentor Christian students and that we would, um, that students would join us in going to the world, and that um, we could also pray for each of us, that God would send each of us to the world, that we'd figure out some way to go to the world to reach uh, the people that need to know Christ. So let me pray. Father in heaven, thank you for all that this church does to encourage missionaries locally and around the world. Thank you for your work in the lives of those missionaries and the things we've been hearing about today. Father, I pray that you would um, lead and guide each of us as we continue to reach out to people around us. Would you give us in the ministry of crew greater opportunities to win people to Christ, have spiritual conversations, disciple people, send students around the world, that we would do a good job at following up some of these new believers. Father, would you send each of us to the world. Help us figure out a way that we can go. Thank you for my brothers and sisters here in this church family. Uh, would you guide us as we continue to move forward and uh, make Christ known all around the world. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.